I realized, man, like my life was transformed. And I was like, I have a bigger purpose. Like I want to do more with my life. And so I was like, well, how can I do that? I started networking and meeting people that were speaking all over the world. Person of L. I got my focus on passion and empathy. Gaining perspectives, investing, I do believe. Money and grinding go hand in hand, you will see. I'm working smart, expanding my energy. Hope that you feeling me. I'm acting differently, you got a friend in me. I'm working hard to try and work smart. No time to complain, it's time to start. We gotta work. Future millionaires. Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Future Millionaires. Today we have on Nicholas Barely, the CEO of the Billion Dollar Body, okay, which he built from the ground up. He's also an author of a number one best-selling book for its category on Amazon, and he is consistently giving back. Without further ado, Nicholas, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Gavin, I appreciate you putting this whole thing together. It's just like this. Why I love coming on, sharing a different perspective. There's two types of people out there right now. People that know what to do and they're not motivated, which wasn't me usually. Mm -hmm. But usually this is like people that maybe they're overweight, but they like know everything about health and nutrition, but they're not applying it. Or there's a person like me when I was 17 years old that literally had no clue what to do, but I was motivated. So no matter what, if you're listening to a show, you're probably a motivated individual. And so now it's just connecting those two dots and become that future millionaire. Completely. And that's why I got Nicholas on today. So I'm super excited for this. Let's dive right into it. So can you give our listeners just a 60 second snippet of what you're up to and where you're at right now? Yeah, for sure, man. I was a 60 pound overweight kid that had no relationship for seven years and was completely flat broke in business for the first three years. And I saw that those were the three areas that every man can't outsource and should get really good at. So I created a company around that after I had success in those three areas called a three dimensional businessman, which now makes up the Billion Dollar Brotherhood. We have live events, educational platforms. I speak at live events. I'm speaking at one of the most influential events actually on the planet here uh, in September. So lots of good things in the work and we love sharing our message, help, helping people and men monetize their expertise online, get that message out there so we can make a positive impact in the world. That's what's up right there. So can you dive into now, uh, and we'll definitely get into that, but can you dive into your early upbringing and just, you know, kind of when entrepreneurship was introduced to you as well and what you were up to when you were in your high school years and then to when you get into college age? Yeah, I, you know, I knew what entrepreneurship was and I knew what a business owner was, but I didn't look at it as something that I loved or that I wanted to do. It was actually a sad career path. My dad owned a, a carpet cleaning company and I remember at the time, like my dad would sometimes pick me up from school in the carpet cleaning van. That was never the cool thing, right? I didn't yeah. like want my dad to pick me up <laughs> in the carpet cleaning van. I'd always be like, hey, pick me up like on the other side of school or like I'll freaking walk home, you know? Yeah. Uh, but growing up, I, I didn't have a perfect family either. Not everything was good. And I know everyone, like a lot of entrepreneurs go through a lot of different things when they're younger. So when I was two years old, that was really good. My parents were together and I was the youngest kid to start racing bicycles in the world. It's my first accomplishment. And then at four years old, my parents actually split up. That really sucked because my stepmom moved in right after. My mom now lived like, you know, 10 minutes away. Mm -hmm. She was working every single day full time now just to be able to provide for us. And it was really weird having the dynamic of like your dad and your mom not liking each other. That makes sense. Like yeah. my mom didn't like my dad. They said, we'll never talk after you turn 18. Now they're, after I turned 18, they like freaking became friends. It was the most random thing. But up to that point, they like hated talking to each other. And that created a lot of anxiety for me because I had my mom who's the comforter, which is typically how relationships are, how families work. The mom is the comforter, like come here, be safe. And the dad is the disciplinary. 
the one who shows the kid what to do and also like is the one that kind of cracks the whip in the house, right? So that's exactly yeah. how my house was. But when I had to choose between the two homes, of course, I'm going to go want to hang out with the comforter that allowed me, if I was grounded at my dad's, my mom like let me do more. My dad was like, sit in your room and you could read a book or listen to the radio, which like all I had was one of those alarm clocks, right? At the time that you hit snooze on, like an actual alarm yeah. clock. So like, I didn't know how to use that thing or like, why would I listen to the radio? That's the most random thing. Whereas my mom let me do whatever I wanted. So I spent a lot of time at my mom's house and throughout this process, like I want to be a professional motocross racer. I didn't really care about business or money. Like I never really cared about making money. I, I liked money. I liked saving money. I wasn't a big spender, but I didn't really have anything like that I really needed in life. You know, I didn't think about like buying a big house or something like that. But I remember being 13 years old and this one, one time like where my life really changed for in a really drastic point. But right before that, I actually started my first real business. So it's about 12, 13 years old at this time. And I started my first uh, lawn care company. And this was a thing that my dad taught me because he taught me a ton of principles that I actually list in my book, The Modern Day Businessman. Ton of principles. And one of them was the fact that if you have a, it, money follows value. And really value is just solving more problems for more people. There's problems in the world and if you could solve them, you'll get paid. Mm -hmm. The bigger the problem or the more problems you solve, the more money you'll get paid. So he told me, Nicholas, if the economy were to collapse and I had nothing, I'd be fine. And I was like, okay, why does everyone else like have jobs and are working then? He's like, well, because they don't know how to go create value. If I just had a lawnmower and a weed whacker, I could create value and I could get paid and I'd be fine. So that's when he helped me start my first company. And we went door to door selling the most, the worst yards in uh, Southern California and San Diego, the ones that had overgrown lawns. And we knock on the door, we book the appointment, and then we'd set them on maintenance every two weeks or once a month or once a week. So we did this over and over and over again. I did this just till I had a bunch of money and I had to decide, did I want to invest more money into the actual equipment? Or did I want to be the person that was just going to cash out, take the money and run? I was like, I'm going to take the money and run. I don't want to, I don't want to keep doing this. Like I had no reason. Yeah. I had a few thousand dollars saved up in my freaking sock drawer. I went out there and bought a motorcycle, like all this stuff when I was like 13 years old. Mm -hmm. But then at this point, I remember like getting the point where as a kid and, and as a man, I wanted my dad's approval so bad. I wanted him to just be like, you're the best. You're amazing. I thought that what he wanted me to do was to be a professional motocross racer. So I told him one day, I was like, you know what? I don't believe in myself, but I'm ready to believe and go all in on being a professional athlete. So at 13 years old, I followed my dad out into our garage and I was like, dad, I want to be the best motocross racer in the world. We're going to quit school. I'm going to get a tutor. I'm going to go on the road like all the other pro kids and we're going to make it. I'm going to be number one. And I thought he's going to look at me and go, oh yes, finally my son who like finally is pursuing his dreams. And he looked at me and he said, Nicholas, you'll never be the best. And it crushed me. It was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And so from that point on, for about three and a half years, I didn't really talk to my dad much, as little as possible. I would only see him maybe on Christmas when I had to, which I'd constantly sabotage. I was so ashamed of myself because I'd gained over 60 pounds as well. I had a 1.8 GPA. So everything was going against me to the point where I turned 16. I didn't want my driver's license. Like this is where I was at. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't want to leave the house. Like I'm freaking fat. And I hate myself. And all I want to do is play video games. I played video games over 300 days played. So about, you know, about 18 hours a day during the summer mm -hmm. and about eight hours a day, 10 hours a day on average during the week outside of school. Damn. So this is all I did every single day of the week. But it wasn't until I then lost the weight, got married and saw that I had a responsibility. And I got married at 20 years old. So I got married super young. Yeah. And so to fast forward that progress, like 
I, I lost the weight, got fit and saw like there still has to be more in life. And then I went out there and I went to, I started going to different countries, serving the poor, doing all this different stuff. And then it was like, and I didn't go to college or any of that crap, which if anyone's going to college and you're not like trying to get a degree to get a good career and like, that's not like your exact reason. Like you don't know exactly why you're going to college. I don't get why you go to college. I just had a guy buy one of our programs the other day and he, I said, how much are you paying for college right now on the side? And he's like, oh, 12 grand a year. I was like, dog, do you know what you could do for 12 grand a year? in the entrepreneurship world and actually start making money like now and have time freedom forever and have that never get taken away from you because now you know how to create money. Like this is the most dumbfounding thing in the world to me. People pay like freaking $40,000 a year or something to go to school. I'm saying invest more. Like I invest way more than 40 grand a year in my education, except for it actually makes me money and I can implement it right now. Yeah. It's like, that's a big freaking difference. Yeah, totally. No, that's great. And there's a lot shared there. So I'd love to dive into some of those key points you definitely hit on. Um, One of them being the different countries that you went to and just kind of how did that help, you know, shape your perspective and help you become a better person and work on those three non-negotiable things that you talked about? Yeah, it's a really good question. So going back to like exactly the progression of how that happened. So one day I'm at school and this kid brings fruit to school. I'm fat, overweight, not in good shape, right? I'm looking terrible. Like I was so embarrassed. And I asked him like, why do you pull out that bag of fruit? And he said he had a a trainer and the trainer put him on a meal plan so he can fight. And he was a boxer and he needed to weigh in at the correct weight. And I was like, oh my gosh, like if I just do this plan, like I'm going to get fit and I'm going to like, all of a sudden I'm going to have the correct way. I'm going to be high performer. So I did that, got a six pack, got all in shape, like lost the 60 pounds in six months. And I realized, man, like there's still more that should happen here. Like I had never been to a church before. I had, I had never thought about like the world outside of just like my current surroundings and stuff like that. So I ended up going to church at 18 years old. And that's when I realized, man, like my life was transformed. And I was like, I have a bigger purpose. Like I want to do more with my life. And so I was like, well, how can I do that? I started networking and meeting people that were speaking all over the world, personal development, uh, different churches and going to these different countries. And that's when I was like, dude, I want to go serve the, serve the poor. Like I want to go reach these people that had never been reached before with this positive message of like Jesus and all these different things. So I left and I went to Bulgaria, Turkey, Greece, France, Scotland, London, South Africa, Mozambique, Africa, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, my wife went to Cuba even and like had a fake like why she was there. And this is before we were married. And then I also went to Mexico City and a bunch of different places. And, through, and that was in a very condensed period of time. This is like in one year. So I'm like all over the place, right? And I have no money, I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm hanging out in garbage dumps. Like I'm hanging out in Athens, Greece with people from 18 different countries that speak 18 different languages that are all fighting each other, telling me they're going to kill me and all these things, like putting myself in these crazy situations. But here's the big takeaway that I got from it. I went to a ministry school for two years during this time. And this was the most powerful school. They actually like, they have like $170 million a year spending budget to be able to like get their content out there. They have the best CDs, best everything. And while I was there, there was 1,200 other students in my class. All of them wanted to go on these trips. None of them could afford it. And I realized, I was like, this is so weird. There's people out there that want to go hang out with people in a garbage dump, that want to go serve the poor, and they can't afford it. And then there's people in America that make a lot of money that would never want to hang out in a garbage dump. Like, this is so interesting. What if I, instead of going to all these countries decided to send people to the countries instead. Like what if I could pay for 1,198 people to go serve the poor while I went and built a business because that's what I like to do. 
And that's when I left there. And I realized that I was serving the poor in different countries. But as soon as they got what they needed, like they got just enough to survive, they were happy. And I realized that I actually was now called to serve the poor in all these like developed countries. Today, I serve a bunch of really rich people that are super poor internally. Almost every billionaire is unhappy. So it's like, there's people that are poor, but happy. And there's people that are rich in like money wise that are poor on the inside. And that's like kind of the flip of how everything switched. But that was, that was a huge perspective shift for me. It was like, man, I'm hanging out with these people and they're happy and they're in, they have nothing like no electricity, no nothing. They pee in a hole, like they crap in a hole in, in the ground. Like that's what they did. And then I come over here to America and I'm like, man, these people are unhappy and like I could send people out to go help these poor people and I could serve the people inside of America that are poor internally. Yeah, no, that is amazing. That's definitely something I want to do in my life is just have that ability to really develop my perspective. Cause you know, I like to think that I feel gratitude and I feel very fortunate for everything I have, which I am, but I just feel like it's going to be such a different level when you're actually placed in those situations, you know? So that's definitely something where I'll be following in those footsteps more likely than not for sure. But um, now when you talk about, you, you talked about, you know, your billionaires who you saw, they had very poor traits in them, not money wise, but their, their actual internals. Can you hit on, you know, what some of those are and then how you implement uh, the solution to them and that? Yeah, it's a really good question. So they've already said, they've shown Harvard studies. If you, t- if you go s- look at Google and type in like, how do people become happy? Or like, what's the number one cause of happiness? I'm sure you'll see crappy studies from a bunch of random like cosmopolitan BS. And then you'll probably see something from Harvard that's actually really good. And it's been a study that's been going on for about 90 years, I believe, maybe a little bit longer now. And inside of that, they've shown that relationships are the number one contributor to happiness. Not just intimate ones, but friendships, family, community, which is something that we're obviously lacking here today. So inside of what we teach in inside the modern day businessman that people grab on Amazon, I think I have it for cost. Like it's like $11 right now or less. Um, Inside of there, I really break down what it means to be a three-dimensional businessman. I've noticed that usually for a businessman to achieve what they want, an entrepreneur, it's usually not the top priorities that get in their way. It's other things that are lower priorities that start taking like strong suits, right? They, they start playing app games on their phone. They end up getting super distracted in the morning or at night and they're on Facebook. Like those are all things that aren't really needed to be successful. Yeah. And, but there's three core areas that it does take to be happy and successful and they can't be outsourced or, or done away with. Like you can't get rid of them. Yeah. And we talked about them before, which was health relationships and then wealth and just to kind of break down like what what's inside of those inside of health right now for everyone's life is mental physical spiritual and emotional mm-hmm. like those are the three core like the four core areas of health so you got like your mental health which is like positive thinking what are you feeding your mind with it and i always say like the th- the three stages to be able to invest in these areas is first you have your external environment right and this is going to be what you ingest right like what's coming into you what are you watching what are you reading? Who's around you? Are you around a prosperous environment? Like people even say like the reason I have these, even though they were gifts for me, little money signs hanging up is because this is like stuff in my environment that's, that I'm ingesting, that I'm seeing all the time and it becomes normal for me. Yeah. Like if you hang out with people that just make hundreds of millions of dollars all the time and drive Lambos all day, like not that that's like the thing of success, but like if you're around success, things are just going to become natural. Like I used to think when I was 20 years old, I got, I started my first real business, right? Like where I'm filing taxes. And I remember thinking if I could make 10 K a month, I'd be like a God. 
I was like, dude, that'd be insane, dude. Like, could you imagine? I remember seeing some other girl that's actually my friend still to this day. Her and her husband are great friends of mine. They have, they actually had the fourth fastest company, growing company in America right now. And, but at the time she was making about 10K a month. And I was like, dude, I can't even say hi to her. I was so nervous. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, I remember hanging out with a guy that he wouldn't eat breakfast until he made $10,000 that day. And I was like, huh, like I start, I tried it once, right? And I, three days later, I hadn't eaten any food. So I was like, maybe I need to pull back my goal a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I remember like being around that guy and all of a sudden 10K in a month didn't seem that crazy because of my environment, right? I started getting around like different style thinkers. And even if you're the worst person in your environment right now, that's okay. You consistently can do that. Let's say I'm around people that make $100 million a year and I'm making 10, I'm a loser. But I don't mind being the loser that's making $10 million a year. And then maybe you're making $100 million a year and now you're like, man, I'm around billionaires. I'm a loser. Like, it's always going to be the same. But yeah. it just depends what type of loser do you want to be? The loser making 1K a month while other people are making 3K that are your friends? Or do you want to be the person making $100,000 a month while your friends are making a million a month? You decide your environment. So it's all about first what you ingest, what's going into you, what are you reading, what are you listening to, what are you digesting? This is what are you actually thinking about throughout the day? And if these three things don't line up, you will not have success. The last is what you express. What are you actually doing? What are your actions? So I can control those three different things in every area of my life with my mental health. Like, what am I doing consistently? Am I thinking about all the negative things that are going on? Am I reading negative things all day? And then thinking about negative things about how I'm going to fail all day? And then doing things every single day that are going to make me fail? Yeah. Or am I consuming success stories? Am I consuming things that are positive? Do I have positive people around me? Am I thinking positively? There's a quote that says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you transform yourself? You renew the way that you think. You think differently. The thoughts that you have are different and the actions that you have will be different. So in, in health, you have mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and relationships. You have your intimate relationship. You have your family relationships. You have your people that are like family to you. You have your friendships and then you have your network. Like how are you investing in these areas of your life? Yeah. And then also inside of your business, like you have your mission and vision and then you have the three areas of wealth, which are how do I learn how to make money? How do I learn how to keep money? Because there's a lot of people that make money that lose it all the time. True. And then how do I actually grow money? How do I learn how to actually not have to work for money to grow? Mm -hmm. And those are things that give you power as a businessman. So I truly believe that if you can master those three areas that I talk about inside the book and you actually can make them prosper, make progress. Because Tony Robbins even says progress equals happiness, not the end destination. And people think right now, if I'm asking your audience for them to give me an answer and they can actually, I, hopefully they'll DM us or something and actually yeah. tell us what they think. But if I were to give them a six pack, just shredded body right now, would they want it for free? Or would they rather have me show them how to do it? One of the two. Second one is would they rather win the lottery, 300 million, or would they like me to show them how to make 300 million? That's the question. And I bet that most people out there right now would say, I'll take the 300 million. Even for me right now, I'm like, oh, like 300 million sounds a lot better. I don't want to hear no one's BS about how to make 300 million, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Here's the problem. If you don't become the person that can, that can create the result, you'll always be unhappy. Here's why. If I gave you the fit body or gave you 300 million right now, this is the problem that would happen. You're not making any progress. And progress is going to equal happiness. You're going to see digression 
for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. If you take all the wealth in the world right now and spread it equally among everyone, it'll all be back in the same hands in as little as four years. Which means that right now, no one has a wealth problem. No. People have an education problem. Mm. They don't know how to do things. They don't know the things that wealthy people know. For a fit person, if I were to give a fat person, my old self, a fit body, mm-hmm. I still would have ate like crap. Yeah. I still would have not worked out. I didn't know how to work out. I still wouldn't know how to discipline myself. So what would I do? I'd, I'd be fat again in like six yeah. months, right? Like I would show, I'd watch my body get worse and worse and worse because I don't know how to create a result. I don't know how to keep the result. And I don't know how to grow the result. This is why people that win the lottery go, you know that you actually have to get a counselor and go to therapy before you can receive your winnings of the lottery. I did not. And still with that therapy session, people still go broke in an average of two to three years. Yeah. Because they don't know how to create. They don't know how to, they don't know how to keep and they don't know how to grow. And so in those three areas of life, the way to master them is to understand the education and skill sets and network developed to be able to create, grow, and actually keep the results that you have. And if you do that, you're on your foundation of happiness. I'm not saying that being fit will make you happy. I'm not saying making money will make you happy. I'm not saying that being in a relationship will make you happy. But I am saying that without those things, you will be unhappy. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying there. And so clearly, we can't cover everything in the book as much as I'd love to. But could, could you hit up uh, a little bit just about creating money for people who are starting their entrepreneurship journey? And they're really looking for some advice to, you know, hit the first 10k a month, even hit the first 1000 2000 a month for some of us. Yeah, and people should be more grateful for what they do. I, I, there's so many times right now that I'm finally being grateful for progress that I'm making that I never did before. Because you're always thinking, I need to do these big numbers. And you're not grateful for the one sale, the one client, the one result that you get. You're not grateful for the one book that you sell because you're like, one download on a podcast because it's like, what the hell is that going to do for me? But truly, that gratefulness is a huge way to happiness as well. Anytime I'm overwhelmed, I just do a list of 20 every day of things I'm grateful for every single time. It's the best medicine you can have. But inside of creating money, it's a skill set, right? You have sales is the, uh, and making money is the oxygen of a business. And sales is the number one skill set that you can have for creating money easily. Now, marketing is there as well, right? Because you want to get the people that are ready to buy. Yeah. Yet, if you can sell something, you'll never have a problem again. And truly, the way that I think that's most important, I think most people understand that they can go make money. You can go produce money by getting a job. You can go produce money by supply and demand, by like fulfilling someone's need. You could sell things on Craigslist in your house. So people know how to make money. But I think one of the big problems people go through, and I actually talk about this, if people go to the billiondollarbody.com slash cheat sheet, I kind of break this down in a free cheat sheet. But the big thing is, how do you commit to something for a long time so you don't get shiny object syndrome and you can actually build wealth? Yeah. Like that's really difficult to do. The first thing that I do is I dream up, what do I want my life to look like? Maybe there's a person out there right now that you can say like, this person has the life that I want. Or maybe you can actually dream up like, this is the life that I want to live. This is the free time I want. This is the things I want to do. This is how I want to spend my life. This is where I want to live. This is how I want to work. Do you want a million employees? Do you want two employees? Like those types of things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, great. Like I know what I want my life to look like. Now, what are the possible ways and business models that I can actually choose to be able to get there? Mm -hmm. And you want to actually get creative and list them out. Figure out all the different ways. Like, what are all the things? And, and I want people to get creative in this because a lot of people will say something like, I want to bring families together so that they can connect and 
build relationships in the family again. I'm like, okay. They're like, how do you want to do that? And they say, well, I want to be a family coach. Okay. And the other person is creative and goes, I want to create a restaurant. Because if I create a restaurant, I create a place where families can come and get affordable meals where they can sit down together in an atmosphere where they can reconnect. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's creativity in this. Then the next step that I do is I make a list of, of three different things. Okay. Really two things. I make a list of out of all these options, which ones am I good at and which ones do I like to do? Yeah. And I want to find where the overlap is. Where's the overlap? And out of all these things, which ones hits my responsibilities? This is like one thing that'll change everyone's life right now is there's things in your life right now that I could say to you that are things that you're passionate about. And then there's other things that fall underneath your responsibilities. I used to be passionate about sports. I used to be passionate about golf. I used to be passionate about motocross. I wanted to be like the best in all of these. And one day I got asked, Nicholas, which one of these actually helps your responsibilities? Taking care of your wife, your family, your future family, your clients, the impact you want to create. I was like, crap, none of them do. And I dropped them all and went all in on the business that was going to actually help my responsibilities. So I go through all those. What's the life I want to live? What are the different ways and businesses that I can actually take to be able to get there? Or maybe you can look at someone who has life you want, figure out what business did they create to be able to do that. What are your skill sets right now? What are you good at? And what do you like to do? And how do you have those overlap with your responsibilities currently? And that's why I've been able to go all in on a business that I've been able to do over and over again. But outside of that, if people want to go make money, there's no lack of opportunity out there. Like simply right now, if someone wanted to make just a couple, like a couple hundred extra dollars on the side, first off, I used to drive around town, especially on Saturday morning, and there's tons of free stuff on the side of the road. I used to pick it up or if I was on the go, I would take pictures of the stuff out front of someone else's house. I'd list it on every platform, Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, and on OfferUp. And then from there, I would sell the stuff out of their front yard for money. That's great. Read, think, and grow rich. Go through and make a goal statement. If you don't have skill sets right now, it's going to take hustle, taking opportunities. Once you have a skill set and you have a business, it's going to take saying no and staying focused on the lane that you have right now. One of the best ways I think for people to really create uh, a lot of financial freedom and and high upside is what is a skill set that you have right now and how can you create a digital course or digital asset that people invest in, whether it's coaching, learning that thing, or how can you get someone who is an expert to create something that's digital that is the best at that thing and how can you be the one that actually just sells it? One of the two. Mm -hmm. And so... That, that's the way that I like to make money. It's high profit, high impact, high transformation. So what did I do? I lost 60 pounds and kept it off, right? So now I'm a business, I'm broke. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, I know how to do this. I kept 60 pounds off and I know exactly how other people can do it too. Yeah. So I created info products and I created a coaching program where I could guarantee those results and I became one of the highest paid people in that industry, especially per ticket price. I was selling health transformations for $7,500 because I became good at sales and I knew what I was doing. But all I did was take something that I had accomplished and I helped other people do the same thing. Then when I got into to teaching business, I knew there was people out there that had created 10 times bigger businesses than I did, $100 million companies. So what did I do? I brought them in to start teaching my community. Because you don't want to ever be the guru unless you're taking people through an exact transformation of what you've already created. 
if you haven't created it, you want to bring in people to come and teach your community and you don't have to act like you're the guru. Yeah, definitely true there. And one thing I keep seeing you hit on too is the ability to sell. And I know you said even at a young age, like you had experience going door to door. So can you kind of explain your evolution of sales and what you learned even at that young age and then kind of other things you learned to get to the point where you're at today? Yeah, so there's different, different types of sales. I would say the big thing, the big difference is, are you speaking one to many or are you speaking one to one? The benefit of speaking one-to-one is you can overcome objection and typically you're the one who speaks the least. If you're speaking on stage, which is what I love to do and, and speak to many, you're doing all the talking. The, the problem with that is that you, don't, you have to know people's objections and overcome them before they even say anything because they, you can't have the one-on-one objection finding. So the benefit of doing one-on-one is you can figure out what those things are so that when you do one-to-many, you can then overcome their objections before they happen. But typically in sales, I'm always trying to figure out one, what's the value of the item to them? If they don't have any value for it, you're not going to be able to sell them. Or you actually have to be a salesperson, right? And that's not fun. But if you're actually just trying to figure out what is the transformation that people want? Like what's their number one focus right now? What's the area of breakthrough that they need? And you can point them in the right direction. So I like to think of it like my mentor, Jay Abraham, tells me. Jay Abraham talks about there's like three phases that people have to go through. First, you want to educate people, right? create a need. And so that people come in and they say, I want that. So an example would be like water. I have water on my desk right here. I'd be like, Hey guys, like you're going to want to drink water. This is why water is important. When I drink water, this is what happened to me. Like, you know, I could say all these things and some people are going to be like, dang, I need to drink water. And I'm like, cool. Now I have them like interested, right? They've raised their hand and said, I have interest. And that's always one way to segment people is like create content to segment people out. The second thing is you treat people not like a customer, but a client. Customers are people that buy a commodity or service. Mm-hmm. Clients are underneath your protection. That's the definition. So I always want to treat people like a client of mine and like I'm a broker of their success or whatever they want. So then I figure out how can I have a conversation with these people and figure out what is the best plan for them going forward to get their results. So if it was water, I'd be like, Hey man, uh, I want the purpose of this call is to jump on and figure out why you were interested in drinking water, what type of water you're drinking, how much, and what the best plan going forward for, for you is to get your results that you want with water. So first tell me, um, where are you at with your water journey? Right? Like I'd be like, how much water do you drink and, yeah. and what type of water do you drink? Great. What made you interested though? In 12 months, where do you want life to be like? Like, what's the result that you want from drinking water? Because I get you don't know the process. And you tell me the result that you want. I'm like, wait, you're telling me that you'd have more energy, you'd lose body fat, more mental clarity if you just drank water. I'm like, this is amazing. And if you had that, what would it do for your life? They're like, oh, well, I'd probably make like 10 grand more a year. Like, so you're telling me that on the other side of just knowing this answer, you'd make 10 grand a year. And, and if you just got this answer once, you'd be able to do it for the rest of your life, which means like potentially a hundred grand minimum in the next 10 years, if you just had this. I'm like, great. And then me as the person that's a, a, a broker or is, has a client under my protection, it's my duty that if they see that I have the best solution and they see, they see it and I see it, that's where you actually sell. But up to that point, I don't do any selling. I'm just trying to figure out about them, what they want. I'm trying to get them to believe that my solution is the best for them or someone else's. At this point, I'm just being a broker until they see it and I see that I have the best solution to their problem. Then it's up to me to close them because sales typically, in my opinion, means this. 
getting people to do something that they always wanted to do that they would have never done if you weren't alive. Mm -hmm. So like they already want to have more energy and, and yeah. to have more mental clarity. And as soon as they can see that your solution is going to work for them and you see it, they're going to go, well, you know, let me go check on it. Like, let me go check with my wife. Let me go check with my husband. Uh, oh, maybe next month. Like I'll think about it. And you want to overcome those objections so you can get them the result that they want so that they can come back to you and say, thank you for pushing me because now I have these results. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's always a level like of, of interest. So an, another example of it real quick for people that I want people to see like how sales can work very easily for them. Mm -hmm. The first time I got to speak at an event of 40 people. So if you have 40 Facebook live viewers, like, you know, 40 video views on YouTube, yeah. think of it like that. So I'm speaking at this event my first time. I totally sucked. There's 40 people there, but I talked about health and how you can goal set for your health. So at the end of it, they all had goals, but most of them didn't know how to get there, right? Like when you produce content, a lot of times I'll produce the what to do, not the how to do it. Yeah. So here's what you do. And they're like, okay, but how? Like, you need to squat every single day for seven days a week. People are like, cool, but like, how do I squat? And like, how, how much do I squat? And like, how often and how many reps? Like, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know how to do this. Like, I need yeah. to pay someone. So I start off and I teach them at a goal set. And at the end of this talk, I didn't go up to them and say, hey, you want to work with me? I went up to people and I said, hey, what was, your, what was your key takeaway? What's your goal leaving here in your health? And they told me. And I said, cool, you know what? I would love to actually point in the right direction. Right now is not the right time because we are all here hanging out. But let's get on a call. Which time works for you, Tuesday or Wednesday? And what I would love to do is I'd love to point you in the right direction for your goal. Maybe you listen to me. Maybe it's someone else or maybe YouTube. I just want to figure out what your goal is and like what you want and then help you get that, the exact path to be able to get there. And they're like, okay, so 10 people said yes. That's all I could really talk to. So out of those 10 people, nine people bought for $3,300. And before this, I had only made $3,000 in a month. So I, I collected over 20 grand. And I was like, holy crap. Because all I did was get on the call and say, hey, tell me more about your goal. I'm like, cool. So these are your options. You can go hire a trainer, get a nutritionist, do all this stuff. That'll be like eight grand. Or I could show you how we could help you do it. And I'll guarantee this certain result that if you get to the end of the program, you don't think it was worth it, I'll give you all your money back. And they're like, well, I already like you and I already know you and you've already helped me so much. Let's do it. And I was like, holy crap. Like, this is so easy. Everywhere I go, I can teach what to do, build rapport, point people in the right direction. And if I'm not a good fit, they can go work with someone else. I just did that yesterday. Some guy applied for a $10,000 program, wanted to pay us. I was like, listen, dude, from what, what I'm hearing from you, my friend Jimmy would be a lot better for you right now. Like he has the exact result that you want. And what does that do for me? Now I'm going to get all the referrals in the world because that guy's pumped. That guy will probably buy more from me in the future than he would have ever done in the present mm -hmm. because now he's talking about me all the time because like someone actually got on a call with me and didn't try to sell me because it wasn't a good fit. Like this is so weird. Yeah. So uh, that's what I really enjoy doing with sales is really like, you know, getting, get, getting people the results that they want. That's sales to me. And if you have the best product or service for them to get that result, then sell them. And if not, point them to someone else and, and build referral partnerships or something like that. Yeah, that was so powerful. Like that selling process is going to get you so far. Just like you said, you literally were able to like 
significantly increase your income just from developing those skills and, you know, going to the events and getting out there. So one thing you touched on too in sales before we move on from it is overcoming objections. And I'd love if you could just give some examples where, you know, you guys are a good fit, but you can tell that that client just kind of needs a little redirecting. Yeah. So overcoming objections should always happen before you one, before the objection comes up and two, before you even pitch the product, like always. Always, always, always. If you, there's two different things that you're that you're going to want to do. One is you're going to want to overcome objections, like I said, before the pitch or before they even come up. And two, you're going to want to show the value of the product or service that you have before you actually show them the product or service. So a lot of times people will finally get to and be like, hey, great, seems like we're a good fit working together. Here's what it would look like. We're going to do a call every single month where you're going to get this course and you're going to get this thing and all these different things in it, which are amazing because this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. No, like I want them to already see the value in the thing before it even comes up. So an example of that is I would say something like, you know what? I totally understand where you're at right now. Like I, I was there as well. And it wasn't until I got this one meal plan that really I could just follow simply that really worked for me. But that's amazing that you shared that. So then now they're thinking like, damn, like he just followed one meal plan. And then they're thinking about it, right? And then when I finally get to my product, I'm like, hey, it's also going to Remember we talked about like the one meal plan I, I followed to be able to get this success. So this also comes with that meal plan. And they're like, Oh, like, that's awesome. Like I wanted that, you know, cause I created the value for the meal plan before it actually got to the point where I said, yeah. this comes with a meal plan. And when it comes to objections, again, I get to speak from stage all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So if people have objections, I'm screwed. So the first thing that I do is there's one thing is if you tell people you could be wrong, but if they tell you they're always right. So you always are going to want to use stories to overcome objections. Because if you tell people, if you don't invest in yourself, you're going to fail. That might be polarizing, but the only people that will listen to you are people that already believe that. And people that don't believe that will say, maybe, I don't know, maybe not. Like they don't know. But if I tell a story about how I was failing and I wasn't investing in myself, and then it wasn't until I invested in myself that everything shifted. I got the accountability, the network, everything. They're going to leave that conversation. I didn't tell them anything. They're going to hear that story and they're going to go, you know what? I should invest in myself. Yeah. Right? Like I want to overcome objections before they even happen. So I used to do this with a, with a, let's say for business owners, I work with a lot of business owners. I believe that you should use good debt to run your company. So credit cards, stuff like that, not, not to go into personal consumer debt, but to invest in things that make you money. Because if it makes you money, then it costs you nothing. Does that make sense? Like yeah, if you're totally. paying for a credit card or if you have uh, equity in your home and you lend out that money or buy something, as long as it's making you more percentage per month than what that thing costs, like you're making money on the money. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of business owners, they try to like use all debit to run their business. And it's like, well, why do not use credit and float money? And then you can like pay it off. So I teach this. And so let's say I was wanting people to understand that they could use a credit card to invest in things like inventory. And if they get more inventory, they can sell more stuff. And then they just pay off the credit cards when they sell the stuff. And I tell them, you know what? Like I didn't know this at the time, but back in the day when I was first getting started, I was trying to pay for a mastermind education on a, on a debit card 
because I didn't have enough room on my credit card. I didn't realize that I could actually just call the bank and tell them that I was going to make an investment. I want to increase credit limit mm -hmm. and tell them any number and they'd give me some more, they'd give me more credit. And for most people, this would be stupid because they're going to go buy shoes and crap. Yeah. But we're smart because we're entrepreneurs and we're going to leverage this to make more money. And so I didn't know that at the beginning, but everyone out there right now can use that. Now, when I get to the pitch or when I get to the point where I actually need someone to give me money and it's the best thing for them, the objection of I don't have enough money isn't there anymore because I've already equipped them and taught them how they can go get money by just calling the back of their credit card. Yeah. But I didn't tell them to call the back of their credit card. Oh, you don't have any money? Have you checked uh, increasing your credit limit? Because you could just increase your credit limit right now. No, I want it to be their idea. Yeah. Because if I'm having to tell them what to do all the time, it's going to be a really crappy experience. True. But if I can get them to believe in it, uh, typically that's, I want to overcome those objections before we get there. And uh, Russell Brunson does a really good job of this in his book, Expert Secrets. He has a really good uh, epiphany for everyone, which is people need to believe that your product or service can get them from A to B and that it's they got to believe that it's better than every single one of the other products that they think can get them from A to B. So whatever they're doing right now to get them to be a millionaire, right? A future millionaire. Like they have to believe that what you're doing is the process that's going to get them there. That's better, but completely different than anything else they're in. Mm -hmm. Then maybe they see that you've created millionaires before. So now they're like, Oh man, like that's amazing, but I'm a broke carpet cleaner. Like that's what I was, right? Yeah. I'm a broke carpet cleaner. I see that these people became a millionaire, but they have a cool haircut. They're skinnier than I am. Like that's probably just for them. So now I have to overcome the objection that they're going to have, which is I can't do this. Like they're going to have an internal fear that like, I don't have the skills. I'm not good enough. And I want to overcome that through a story. So I usually share a testimonial of someone just like them, or I'll share my own personal story that I went through to show them that even if you're not good enough, or even if you're scared, or even if you're, you know, broke carpet cleaner, can't afford a haircut, you can do this. So they're like, great. I know I can do this. I know it works, but like my family's going to make fun of me or I live in a small city or I don't have a big following. Those are all external fears, things outside of them. They're going to stop them. So if I can overcome an internal external and get them to believe that my process is the best and make sure that in the product I'm validating, I'm going to give them the answer. Like, if I'm, if I'm going to teach them if they're scared of sales and they suck at selling, I'm going to show them how they could do this even if they suck at selling. And I'm going to show them the easiest sales script possible as part of the program. So not only have I got them to believe in themselves, I've now equipped them with the very thing to make them successful. And it's like three layers deep always is, is what I'm thinking. Uh, I think if you get on a phone call and everyone's got objections and they're not already sold, you didn't do a good job marketing before the actual phone call. Like when people read my book, we had two people buy this this week that read my book, Modern Day Businessman from Amazon. They bought it. Uh, actually, one of them was from Barnes & Noble. They went and bought it. They read the whole thing. And inside of it, I even did this in the book to get them to overcome their own fears. Like their fear that they can't do it, the fear that this is the best way to live life as a man. They, they came out there and they're like, I need to work with this guy. So when they got on the phone, they didn't have a money objection because I already taught them. I overcame the money objection in the book. They didn't have a spouse objection because I went over that in the book. They don't have a fear objection like I went over that in the book. So by the time they get on the phone call, I don't have to be as good at sales, quote unquote sales. Yeah. I have to be good at helping that person do something they would have never done before.
that they already want to do. And I truly think that that's the ethical way to be able to sell. Now with that, of course, you want to, the benefit of being on the phone or in person is that you can overcome objections as they come up. Mm-hmm. But if you're on stage or you're on a webinar, or you're teaching lots of people that you can't see, you're doing an audio, you're doing a video, you cannot take objections as they come up. You want to program and overcome objections before they ever happen. And a lot of times what I do again is, is I create an identity. So what, what's your, like, what is your perfect person? Like this is what I do. Yeah. Who's the man that I, that I love to work with that would invest in themselves that takes action, everything like that. And I want to get people that aren't like that to believe that they are like that. So even when I go into a video, I go, hey man, uh, thanks so much. Obviously you're watching this video because you're an action taker. You're someone that makes investments in himself, whether it's time, energy, and money because you want to get an ROI. Because that's the only type of people that click on videos like this. And they're like, yeah. And then when I get to the pitch, it's like, are are you looking at this like an expense? Are you looking at this like an investment? Because we're investors. And we make investments so we can make an ROI. So if we can make an ROI, it's not going to cost you any money, right? And they're like, they don't want to deny the identity that they've picked up. That makes sense. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Like, I do this at my live events, dude. Like, I do this on the podcast. I do this on video. I do this on phone calls. I'm like, listen, you wouldn't have got on a phone call today unless you were serious about making progress. Now, a lot of people, they'll teach sales. And I just want to point this out. They'll teach just saying all negative things. They'll be like, hey, you're obviously on this call because you're not making enough money. And you're on the call with me because I make money and you don't. And you want to be where I'm at. But you're not because you're a loser. Like, those are all really negative things that you're assuming about people. In my opinion, the more powerful way to do it, and I learned this from my mentor, Cole Hatter, is to think of the positive things that the people should and want to be like. Like, hey, you're, you came to my live event not because you your life sucks and you have no motivation. I'll say because you're a motivated individual. Like you're not a couch sitter that just wants to leave life up to chance. You want to take life into the, in the reins into your own hands and get educated so that you can make a difference. So congratulations. Give yourself a pat on the back for even being in the room, for even watching this video, for even getting on a phone call. Because it shows to me that you're someone that's an action taker that isn't just going to allow little things to get in his way and keep him from taking action. So then all of a sudden when I get to the pitch, Hey man, are you ready to take action? They're like, I'm an action taker. I look at ROI, not how much it is. I, I, I'm man of the house. Like I'm the leader in my business. There's no reason not to say yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally does. And all that too is I'm sure going to provide so much value to our listeners because I know I personally got a lot of value out of it. So thank you for that. And now, you know, pivoting just a little bit here to something you mentioned earlier, which is how you set up your environment for success, right? So what are some, you know, pro tips to really surround yourself in a way where you're going to thrive? The first thing is you're always going to be the five people you surround yourself with. This is what people talk about, right? But I didn't really think that it was that big of a deal. So I remember when I was in network marketing, my first business I ever really did. And after I ended up exiting that company, I moved to San Diego. And I remember like not having friends for about two and a half years. And I wasn't making any progress. And it was super difficult because I thought, I'm not that successful. Why would successful people want to hang out with me? But if I don't hang around successful people, how am I supposed to become successful? Mm. Like it was super difficult. Yeah. So that's when I started going to events, networking events, 
investing in things where I could get the, the friendships that I needed, I started paying for my friendships. Like I started taking people out to dinner, going to lunch, going to coffee, doing things to get myself around people that had done things, around people that had done things that I wanted to do. This is the number one thing that everyone can do right now. I truly believe like, I, so there's golfers, right? Have you ever played golf? Yeah. So I started playing golf uh, pretty a lot when I was like 2015. And I don't really play a ton right now, but I remember thinking like I could take the fast way or the slow way to success. There's people that have been golfing for 30 years that still are just mediocre, crappy golfers. Mm-hmm. Because one, they don't have a goal, an expectation of where they want to go. Two, they don't work towards that goal. And three, they don't golf with good golfers. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to golf with good golfers every day and not become good. But if you golf all day by yourself, you could still suck. Like there's a reason why after somebody ran the four minute mile, it only took a few weeks for someone else to do it again. Like you have to know what's possible. So one, you have to know what's possible. Two, you have to know exactly where you're going. And three, you want to get around people that are going there a lot faster. I went from shooting 120 in golfing, which is terrible, to having multiple rounds where I shot in the 70s. I even had multiple nine holes where I shot two under par. All in one year. Dang which is like ridiculous, but it was only because I only golfed with good golfers. I never golfed with bad golfers. I didn't want to pick up their crappy swings. I didn't want to pick up their mentality. And when I was out there golfing with good golfers, I started expecting myself to golf at the same level as them. Mm -hmm. So right now, how can you get yourself around people that are like-minded, people that are maybe further along than you are, And how can you make sure that you put a boundary up to the people that you're serving that you're not allowing them to influence you, but you're there to serve them at that time? So it doesn't mean you need to cut out everyone that's like not as cool as you because there's people that you're there to influence as well. Mm -hmm. But you just have to know that, man, I'm putting up a boundary that I'm here to serve these people. And you also have boundaries up when it's time for you to learn and stop being the guy that's talking. And as soon as I started doing this, the first time I did it, I invested five grand into an event that was three days with these high level people and six months before that event I invested. So like imagine five months later, I'm freaking out. It's five grand. Yeah. I like had no money. I was like, should I even go? How's this three days really going to affect me? I went there. I built my network, my education. I had people believe in me and I left there and I started crushing it. I've never had a not profitable month in my business since then. I already had, I didn't learn anything really that new. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't get better in three days at something. I built my network and my network all of a sudden started dictating my results. I told you about the people when I thought $10,000 a month was a lot. Why? Because I grew up without that much money. Yeah. So 10,000 a month was a lot to me. So my expectation was shaping my reality. I started getting around people that made a lot more than that. And all of a sudden, my expectation of what was possible began to change. And I started selling higher ticket things. I started selling more volume. I started getting more opportunities. It's insane, right? So build your network. No, that is huge. And that's something too, like if you guys have been listening to past episodes as well, that is something so consistent, just that ability to build your network. And so how do you go along though, maintaining those relationships to make sure that you don't come across as someone who's just taking, how do you provide value to relationships, especially in the beginning when you, you don't have too much to give, you know? Yeah. Well, you should always be the one giving Mm -hmm. no matter what, like, your relationships, so many people teach that relationships and network is a two-way street, like that they have to give to you and you have to give back. No, like you just have to worry about your side of it. Mm-hmm. Like if you can give and expect nothing in return, you're going to be a winner. 
if you're already expecting to build a network because you want to be successful and you want to get something from them, like you're going to be a loser mm. no matter what. Like people will sniff that out in a heartbeat. It's like building, it's like building relationships with people just so they'll buy your stuff. Yeah. Like, no, you know that if you get your name and your mission out there, people will buy. Yeah. But like, I'm not building my network or building like relationships with people so I can get something from them. I'm building relationships because I want to give to these people. And I know that if I keep giving to more and more people, then good things are going to happen to me. There's a freaking huge difference. That is so like, true. don't expect anything from anyone. No one owes anyone crap. But be the person that goes out there and builds a network anyway. Solve people's problems. Help people out. Get on calls with people. Like connect them to people. Don't make a dime off of it. It doesn't matter. I, just, I think there is a weird thing going around right now, which is like, I'm going to comment on your Instagram and Facebook and go engage with your stuff because I want you to buy my stuff. And if you don't, then like, I don't want to be a part of it. And like, yes, if you go and comment and engage and follow up, you will make sales. But that doesn't mean that you have to go about it just trying to make sales from it. Yeah. It means knowing that it's a numbers game. Like I can get on phone calls all day and not care if anyone buys. Because I know that mathematically with my product and service and how good it is, some people will buy and some people won't. Yeah. But it's not like me caring about if they buy or not doesn't make them buy. Like me going into a relationship and like, man, I've been given to this person and they haven't given to me. Like I'm already fa- I've already failed the relationship. Totally. If I'm going in because I want something from them, I'm giving because of that. No, like good example, Russell Brunson, this is how you should do it. And I have, I have like millions of stories like this, but this is a really good one. Russell Brunson loves Tony Robbins, loves what he does, has hired Tony Robbins to come speak at his events, has given to Tony Robbins for over a decade, gifts and all that type of stuff. Tony Robbins hasn't done anything in return, really. Like he hasn't like had a big break because of it. So did he say like, well, that's enough. Like that's not that good. I'm not getting this relationship to do anything. No, he continued to give like, that's just what you do. Like if you, if you want to build a relationship with someone, you continue to give. So uh, Tony Robbins just launched mastermind.com with Dean Graziosi. And, you know, it was knowledge-based business or something like that. Something like that. Knowledge business blueprint. And, and, and Russell was like, man, like it'd be so cool if they own mastermind.com. So they told, he told him, he said, hey, it's 500 grand. You guys can buy it. And they were like, no, we're not going to buy that. It's too expensive. So Russell went out and bought it for 500 grand with his own money and gave it to them as a gift for free. And then they were like, Russell, we want you to be a partner in this business. But he didn't go into it thinking, if I give them this domain, maybe they'll make me a partner in this business. Yeah. Like that's just, ah, like he maybe knew that in the back of his mind, but he's not putting the expectation on them, if that makes sense. There's a way different thing. It's not like, I'm going to buy this guy lunch because maybe he'll coach me for free. Yeah. Yeah. He might coach you for free if you buy lunch, but if he doesn't like who cares? Cause he has no, like he has no reason to do anything for you. It's all about the intent. Dude. It's so much about that. Like I've always been about like, how can I just build my relationships and give to them because it, it turns into relationship equity and capital that you can pull from in the future. It's like investing in real estate. Like you can have equity in these different projects and you can pull out equity. Mm-hmm. Like if I can just get more equity with people, if I can give to more people, then at some point, yeah, I might be able to have an ask, but also they're going to want to give to me. True. 
Definitely. So thank you for all that. We're wrapping up here. I just got one more question. I like to land on my guests. So you feeling ready for that, Nicholas? Yes, sir. Okay. So even with all the success you've had, you know, as an entrepreneur and everything you've had with helping everybody you have, there's always like a big, there's always something that, you know, you can change in your life. So what's the biggest thing that you're looking to improve upon in yours and change either in your business or personal life? I'm pumped to be a dad. My wife's 22 weeks pregnant, probably when this is coming out. So she's about 21 and a half right now. And yeah, I'm pumped to be like the best dad in the world. I told people the other day in a post, I said, I'm going to be the best dad ever. And everyone's like, what? Like you're, you can say that? Like you're not even a dad yet. Which, I mean, I kind of am. He's, he's in there kicking. Yeah. But the reason I know that is because the people that went before me, this is what I've done with everything. Mentors, people that have gone before me that have done it wrong and found out the right ways to do it. My community, my support, education, we have coaches and trainers and everything in this area. And so I'm not going to be successful as a dad because I'm good at parenthood or because I had the perfect upbringing. Hmm. I'm going to be really good because of the people that I've hired, surround myself with and the education that I'm getting True. and the things I'm doing every single day. I'm successful as a business owner, not because I was special. I'm five, seven. I was 60 pounds overweight. Even when I got fit and had a fitness business, I still was small. And so no one like wanted to hire me because I was fit. I had nothing going for me. Like my own mentor used to tell me like he didn't think I was going to make it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't good at speaking. I couldn't get on podcasts. I couldn't even do a video. Nothing was going for me. But I had people that were better than me, mentors, coaches, and educators that could teach me what I needed to do to have success. And I followed that. So even right now, I'm really freaking good at what I do. But it's because of the people that have helped me do it. Yeah. We like to say it in our company, and this is why I bring in the best people to educate in the world, is that their ceiling is your floor. Hmm. If you want to learn it all on your own, you can build your own building. Or you can just continue building from where they left off. Very, very wise right there, Nicholas. I am very grateful for everything. You know, you've been dropping lots of value on me and my, my listeners here. So where can they follow up with you at? What's the best place? Do the best is at Nicholas Bailey on Instagram. Send me a DM. That's what's up. That is what's up. Thank you so much, Nicholas. It was great having you on. Awesome, man. Thanks so much again. Yeah, you betcha. Okay. And that is a wrap. Thank you so, so much for tuning into today's show and taking one step closer to becoming that future millionaire. All I'm asking from you guys is that you please take the short amount of time to review this episode. And once you do that, take a screenshot, send it to me on my Instagram, which is Gavin Lero with a period in the middle. And I will be sure to repost that in my Instagram story, give you guys a shout out. Or if you post something about the podcast, in your Instagram story. I will be sure to repost that and there's a little something extra to that I think you guys will like that will be attached to um, my response to you in the DMs. So look forward to that. All you have to do if you're on iTunes podcast app is you just have to pull up the current episode you're listening to. You hit the Purple Future Millionaires underneath the title of that episode. You scroll all the way down to the bottom past all the other episodes. Then you hit write a review, which is underneath, you know, the five stars, the visual five stars. 
and you give it a title, a quick description, however amount of stars you think it's worth. Of course, I preferably would love five. <laughs> and then you hit send. And all you have to do after that is just know that I am very thankful, guys. I really, really believe that this is a very powerful education tool for your growth, and I want you to succeed. So please also reach out to me on Instagram, which is Gavin period Lyra and I will be sure to answer any questions that you may have or you know any ideas you want to bounce off me I love to hear them I love entrepreneurship helping other people so let's all succeed together and you have an amazing day